0: He looked back at me just as plain as day, and he said, I'm a member of the Ku Klux Klan. It would be my privilege to defend the Nazi. It would be my privilege to defend Charles Manson. People are interested in crime. There's no getting around it. And Americans love violence. Coming to
1: a brothel, you're having the full fantasy experience
0: with somebody who knows, let's say, that there's five different ways to give a handjob plus
2: You know, talk to me about morality, shut up. I tell you where you can stick your morality, man. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of Unfiltered, the podcast. Uh, As always, I am your host, Brian Praskaney, the producer and director of the series. And with me, of course, is...
1: Joyzel. Yay! Yay. Today, we have Howard Greenberg, known as Manhattan's sleaziest defense attorney, which I think is a great title. (laughs) Um, He's had around roughly 4,000 defendants, Mm. and uh, almost, I mean, a huge amount of them have led to acquittals and dismissals, and because of his high success, Raid, He's known as the real life Better Call Saul. Again, another great title to have on the resume. Absolutely. And that is who this episode is about.
2: For people that don't know, and if you don't know, shame on you. Uh, but uh, Better Call Saul, we're talking about Saul Goodman, right. uh, the character that started in Breaking Bad that eventually got his own series, who is known as the very charismatic but uh, sleazy defense attorney played by Bob Odenkirk. Uh, and uh, Howard, uh, because he is a very controversial defense attorney in New York, uh, started to be labeled as the real-life Better Call Saul. I mean, his shtick is basically that he um, defends the worst of the worst. Uh, He's defends some of the most uh, terrible and heinous people in the state of New York, uh, and outside a couple of times, too. Uh, So a lot of people don't like Howard. Uh, A lot of people can't stand the people that he represents. Uh, But, you know, he really has an interesting perspective on why he does what he does and the people that he defends and he's, uh, he's a character. I believe in equal justice under the law
0: for folks you love and folks you hate. It would be my privilege to defend a Nazi. It would be my privilege to defend Charles Manson because, first of all, you don't go to the Hall of Fame winning easy cases. And second of all, you hone your skills defending the dregs of the earth so that the occasionally really innocent person, gets the benefit of your work. My name is Howard Greenberg. I'm a poor excuse for a criminal defense attorney. And um, that's everything you need to know. A reporter, he writes an article entitled, Better Call Saul is real, and he's amazing. So he is comparing me to the fictional character Saul Goodman, or Saul Goodman, from Better Call Saul. But I disavow that comparison because Saul routinely cheats, and I only cheat from time to time.
1: So clearly, this guy is a real character. I mean, his hair, for one, which you guys can't see, but you will if you check out. You guys are missing
2: out. Yeah, you got to watch the video because, like, like, I mean, the faces he makes and this crazy mad scientist hairdo that uh, I mean, he's he's unmistakable. Yeah, he's uh, he's cooking
1: something, but
2: he's like straight out of Central Casting.
1: (laughs) And this guy, so how did he even get started?
2: So, basically, I mean, you can trace the beginning of his defense attorney career uh, to one specific incident. Uh, many years ago, there was this uh, thing that happened in New York uh, that was re- referred to as the pizza connection. Um, and you're probably too young to remember I,
1: I am, but it's yeah. sounding like you're about to say something <laughs> like Pizzagate or whatever.
2: Uh, so, yeah, it's yeah very different from Pizzagate. Uh, but the, the, the pizza connection uh, was this thing that happened in the late 80s. The FBI and the DEA started this case... Uh, that involved uh, drug smuggling, heroin and cocaine, from Italy into America. And basically what they were trying to prove uh, under uh, Rudy Giuliani at the time was that uh, pizza parlors in New York City that were run by organized crime families were using the pizza parlors as a front to sell and uh, to run heroin and cocaine on the streets of New York. Um, it was a big deal. A lot of people got arrested and uh, indicted. Um, I believe in, you know, there were dozens of people that were brought in over this thing. Most people still deny it. You know, Howard Greenberg himself said that the whole thing was a farce. Um, mm. But interestingly enough, he was married to an Italian woman who was connected to a family that may or may not have been involved in organized crime. When the crap hit the fan, um, the cops came to, you know, a lot of people's houses, started breaking down doors, started locking people up. One of those houses happened to be uh, Howard Greenberg's wife's uh, parents, his his his, uh, his mother and father-in-law. He was there when the DEA and the FBI broke down the door. Uh, he had explained to me that he thought um, they were being treated like animals. Um, they, everyone was handcuffed. Uh, they were, you know, kind of forced into a room while they just kind of destroyed everything in the house. Uh, he thought that they're, you know basically their constitutional rights were being trampled upon. And it was at that moment that he decided that he wanted to focus all his intentions uh, on being a defense attorney, uh, to help other people uh, that were being attacked by government agencies. But uh, yeah, but that's how it started.
0: I've been a criminal defense attorney for almost 30 years. We get paid to do the impossible. And I say impossible because we go up against the other side and they have all the cards. Everything's admissible if the prosecutor wants it, and nothing's admissible if the defense attorney uh, wants it. So we are called upon every day to turn water into wine. I've had high-profile cases. The butcher of Bensonhurst, this poor schmuck, kidnapped a little boy, chopped him up in little pieces. Experts told us to explore the theme uh, the aspect of whether or not he was a product of inbreeding. And when I said that to the press, the whole world went crazy.
2: Greenberg is uh, a miserable, self-hating Jew as far as I'm concerned. So that voice that you hear at the tail end of that clip over there um, is uh, Dove Hykins, who is a, uh, a Hasidic Jewish uh, uh, New York assemblyman uh, who uh, has no love for Howard Greenberg.
1: No, apparently not. I mean, he did say that you know the community is basically.
2: Yeah, this was. Do you remember this case at all, or did you know anything I, about I, this? So
1: I know a few things. I just know that um, the boy, like, he murdered somebody. Like, from the, it happened in like the Orthodox Jewish community, and there was a boy that was found murdered. But that's I don't really know that much. It
2: was it was awful. I mean, it, this is this was definitely like one of the most you know gruesome horrific crimes in recent New York memory. But um, yeah, it was. Uh, A couple years back um, in the Borough Park area of Brooklyn, um, there was... this eight-year-old kid, a Hasidic Jewish kid, that was walking to school. And I believe it was the first time he was walking to school alone. Um, I think that was one of the reasons it was so terrible that, like, the parents Jeez. had generally walked him to school every day. And this was, like, the very first day that he was, like, eight. And they were, like, kind of giving him a little bit of responsibility. And he was
1: able to, to do it himself. And the
2: school was only a couple blocks away. And so he literally gets to a corner and, and he makes a left instead of making a right. And in like the worst possible circumstances, uh, he runs right into the arms of a monster. Uh, and this monster was uh, another uh, uh, member of the Hasidic community. This guy, Levi Aaron, kidnapped this little boy. He uh, drugged him, uh, brought him home, and uh, dismembered him into pieces. Jeez. And it was really awful. It was horrific. Uh, nobody wanted to touch this case uh, with a 10-foot pole. Uh, Howard Greenberg ended up stepping in uh, and uh, to defend Levi Aaron. And his whole thing was that he was trying to push for uh, an insanity plea. Uh, You know, he had even said to me, which he says about a lot of people, is uh, if that guy wasn't crazy, I don't know who is. But the, uh, the whole thing with the insanity plea was that experts had told him that... Maybe there's a scientific reason why the guy's insane. Maybe because he's part of the Hasidic community uh, that there's inbreeding involved. And maybe through many generations of inbreeding in the the, uh, the Hasidic community has led to a deranged mind uh, like Levi Aaron. So, as you can imagine, the uh, the Hasidic community wasn't too wild stuff. Yeah,
1: no, they probably wouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they, wouldn't, they, they wouldn't be too happy
2: about hearing that, no. And uh, he got a lot of fallout uh, for saying that, you know. And uh, But I feel like sometimes that's just Greenberg's thing, you know. I, I feel like he'll say the outrageous just so, like, you know, people get attention, you know what I mean? Right. So Or people look at the case. I mean, honestly, it's, like, not very different. You know, from what our president does today. Yeah, um, well, that's true. Know. That's a good point. Uh, so he's always managed the media. You know, he's always said salacious things that, like, the reporters love Greenberg because they, they know when they put a mic near him, they're going to hear something. You know,
1: wild. he doesn't. He doesn't censor himself. He's very much like you're going to hear it. He, how I want you to hear it.
2: Exactly. He does not. So, uh, and he was upset at, at the tail end of the Levi Aaron case. They they did not do the insanity plea. Um, oh, yet. they
1: did. they didn't?
2: No. Basically, he uh, he ended up uh, pleading guilty uh, for the crimes, and uh, he's doing uh, you know life plus right now so and that's just one of the many horrific people that um, Greenberg has represented but probably one of the most horrific that he's ever represented I believe it yeah
0: the only way to ensure that the truly innocent person gets a fair shake is to defend the worst among us there's no such thing as going too far if you don't go over the line you're not doing your job Typically, the day before a significant trial, I will get myself admitted to the emergency room, but I go there for the ancillary purpose of getting one of these. You know what this is, medical wristband. And that will adorn my wrist throughout the pendency of the trial. Sometimes if I have back-to-back trials going on in a row, I keep it on for months at a time. I want the jury to wonder, why am I wearing this? In my fantasy mind, I imagine them going so far as saying to themselves, my God, this lawyer must be under treatment for cancer. And look how heroic this son of a bitch is here. I cast spells on my adversaries. There's a refrigerator in this office. And look in the freezer compartment, you'll see names on pieces of paper. And you know what? That works, man. You know, when they start fighting fair, I'll tone down my act. Until that day comes, I haven't even gotten started yet. I'm getting more rabid by the day. You have to mimic in your insides, almost having rabies. Ah, ah, a vampire, ah. Uh, that's what, that's, that's what I aspire to.
2: So yeah, what do you think of that?
1: I mean, <laughs> that's a very good question. <laughs> Okay, I, sh- I think I should take it from the top. The medical <laughs> bracelet thing, I mean, let's be real. If I if I saw that medical wristband and I was in a jury, uh, I would be like, you know, holy crap. He had to bring out this old lo- like lawyer from retirement to defend it, him. Isn't
2: that like evoking some no, form of I would sympathy, just, though? I or, would just no? be
1: like, this is the best he could get.
2: I mean, you know, sometimes all it takes is just like... Some old lady that's been going to cancer treatment for a while. Yeah, no, that's and she, true. And she's on the jury stand, and she sees something like that, and all of a sudden there's like a, a thing of recognition or relatability. no, that's true, you know. What I mean? And as he says, it's like he's like, I don't even care as long as I just speak to one juror, you know. Right. I and mean? I just need one, you know. If, I, if, if this changes wor-
1: like one mind, at if least. this
2: changes one mind, right. then, then I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah, I don't
1: you know, know if it would I mean? change mine, but yeah.
2: you know, <laughs> it doesn't sound like you it. Know. But uh, yeah, and then the uh, the free the, his freezer. His, that's kind of his... classy.
1: I kind of, <laughs> I kind of like that. I think you know, it's not like he's like he's casting a spell. He puts in the freezer. I mean, that's really. I'm like, all right, you it's, know, he has. This, he's not like sacrificing an animal or anything. But to... it's still
2: weird. It's, it's still weird, like a, like but a, I'm, it's kind of cute. Like, <laughs> like, like like a magical practice or something. But yeah, you know, I mean, hey, I mean, people do all sorts of like superstitious things or whatever. There's no stranger to that in the legal community. Uh, yeah, the world or whatever. I mean, if it works. But he does, and he swears by it. I mean, you know, he puts the names of uh, other attorneys, of, uh, you know, potential jury members. Uh, and, and it's and it's legit. I mean, you look in the guy's freezer, and you just see all these little post- I like it. post-it notes. With he, little he freezes names. them. He
1: doesn't kill them. He, he just he freezes them. He just freezes you know? them.
2: That's it. And, uh, you know, this is like, I mean, this that section is, is good because it, it's really, you know, it kind of defines, like, all these wacky things that he does in the courtroom. And and he's, like, he even told me that, like, he's had all sorts of firsts. He, he, one time he got a standing over ovation from a jury apparently a because, standing ovation yeah, they like all, they stood up and clapped they all stood up and clapped because they, you know they, they loved his final argument so much uh he's, he said he ran up and he kissed a judge on the head once I, ca- I can't ever imagine how i would feel you know as a client if my defense attorney ran over and kissed the judge on the head it'd be weird it, it, it'd <laughs> be- <laughs> but I, you know it, whatever works i guess uh, but howard definitely has a uh, an interesting perspective on judges and uh, other members of law enforcement
0: Police officers lie routinely on the witness stand. It's part of police culture uh, to lie. Just think, if they didn't lie, we could not win a case. The most evil player in a criminal trial, if there is such an entity, is the judge. It's not a label I would apply to a defendant. I cannot apply the label evil to someone who begs me in some, in some manifestation for help. I am much more in fear of the government than I am of the individual scumbag who I represent. I mean you must understand the history of how governments operate in this country. Murder a president, lie our way into the Vietnam War, lie our way into a, the war in Iraq. You tell me Who should we fear? Yes, I would defend the deranged coward who mowed down the bicyclists on the bike path in Manhattan. For him, I'm looking for nullification. Muslims have a lot of legitimate grievances against the United States. And I would hope to find one person with whom that proposition resonates. The Vegas shooter who, as we're talking about him right now, is rotting in hell. You don't need to be the real better Call soul to think insanity. If that guy's not crazy, no one is. I would defend Harvey Weinstein with great pleasure, and the theme and theory of his defense is he's sick. And I would also defend it on a parallel assertion of hypocrisy. I'm waiting for the first gal to surface who says... I knew what he wanted, and I knew what I wanted. Quid,
2: pro-mother-quo.
1: Wow, like how quick was he to come up with all of those defenses when you asked him?
2: Uh, right on the spot. I mean, the first thing I brought up, because at the time that we sh- uh, shot the interview, um, it was literally a couple days prior that um, that guy had stolen the Home Depot truck and ran over a bunch of people in downtown Manhattan. Uh, so unfortunately, we've gone through so many horrific things since then. I feel like people don't even remember that particular one that much. Right, uh, right. Uh, the Vegas shooting thing had just happened. And, and uh, Harvey Weinstein was basically on the cover of every newspaper. Um, but yeah, I mean, he didn't bat an eye. I mean, he was just, you know, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And I think, I don't know. I mean, I think that's a sign of a good defense attorney. I mean, right? I mean,
1: yeah, he's not, he's not flip flopping. He's mm-hmm. very direct, and he's like, you know, he's coming up with these defenses, and he's not backing up. He's like, actually, no, never mind. Right. You know, and he, he believes in them. You right. can tell. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean that's the thing. I mean, do you want who do you want as a defense attorney? A guy that like can only do certain things, or the guy that's going to do everything? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um,
1: And the Harvey Weinstein part was (laughs) the quid pro mother beep. Like, like that was.
2: No, totally. I mean, it's you know, but I mean, you know, the sad thing is, is that. All you got to find is a couple of people on the jury that are going to agree with that. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's and, and, banking
1: on that. I'm yeah. realizing that now. He's very much like you know. I just need to sure. find like what we were saying. I need to yeah. find that one person that agrees with me, and I'll you know.
2: Totally. I mean, think about think about the Weinstein thing. I mean, if you're in you know if you're just like you know regular blue collar schmo from Brooklyn, and you're like on the jury, you know what I mean? And, and Greenberg paints this picture that like you know these this Hollywood elite is having sex or whatever to get into these big major movies. You know, there's a, enough of a disconnect there that he can probably find some jury members that he can kind of, like, true pull over to his yeah, side. Yeah, I wouldn't you be know? surprised. When, you, when you're picking a defense attorney, right, you're going to want someone that can kind of swim with the sharks a little bit, you know, and I feel like, you know, Howard can do that uh, yeah. very well. And honestly, I mean, out of all the people that he's defended, you know, I've, I've read and I've heard from a bunch of different people, uh, and they all run around, and they say the uh, same three words over and over again. For anybody who's in trouble, I
0: have three words of advice. Better call
2: Howard.
1: Ryan, would you would you call Howard?
2: Uh, you know, I thought about this, and uh, to be honest, I absolutely would. You, I, you would? I totally would call Howard. I, um, you know, the one thing, uh, I really like the man, uh, you know, and I know he's a little out there, uh, but you know, the one thing I can honestly say with, um, with true sincerity, is that I I believe that Howard would do anything for his clients, um, you know. It just seems like no matter who his client is, uh, no matter how horrible they are, or even one of the things that we didn't really touch upon uh, in the interview a little bit um, is that he's not really in it for the money either. Uh, you know, he has he you know he handles clients that have money, but he also handles clients that do bartering. You know what I mean? He's accepted like watches for payment and whatever. And, you know, hmm. I think he really does kind of fancy himself like a warrior for the everyman. Um, And, uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully I don't ever need to use him, uh, you know, but I I, I have Howard's number on my speed dial just in case.
1: Just in case.
2: Just in case. What's cool about doing the podcast um, is that we can actually play some scenes uh, that never made it to the video, like we mentioned earlier. Um, Basically, I had asked uh, Howard, is there... One type of person that you won't defend. I mean, because we basically heard over and over and over again that he would basically defend anyone. Right. Um, but I was thinking that there's got to be some type of line. Is there? That could be crossed.
0: There is one. It might shock you to hear this coming from me. But I will not defend somebody who hurts an animal. Because I believe if you made it a human and an animal, it would diminish the animal and enhance the human. If you hurt an animal and you come into this office, you are not going to have your day in court because I'm gonna throw your mother ass down the flight of stairs leading up to this office. For no amount of money, for no amount of pussy, for no amount of jewelry and barter, nothing, not a borscht. And even if you beat that case, your maker is going to have the last say about what you did.
2: So what do you think about that?
1: So he... Okay, let me get this straight. So he would defend a guy who killed a little boy and chopped him up to pieces. But he right. won't defend somebody who committed animal cruelty. Nope. But, like, wait, this really doesn't... I mean, I see, I, I get it if, like... Okay, animal cruelty and, like, I don't defend child murders or anything like that. But that's a very interesting... <laughs> like, God, that's so interesting how he's like, this is the line that I will not cross. Right,
2: right. Yeah, no, know. I mean, you know, hey, I mean, you know, you put it that way, Joyzel, definitely. But, uh, no, it's weird. I mean, it's like, it's like I guess, you know, I mean, you know how people... You know, listen, I love animals. I'm assuming yeah, you, no. you love animals. I love my cat, you dogs, like a, yeah, you, everybody. You seem like a cat person.
1: Uh, wow, that's... What is that supposed to mean? I hate cats. I'm that's a dog a and a cat mess. person. Excuse yeah. you. I think you can be both. You could be both.
2: I don't think you could be both.
1: It's 2018. You can be both.
2: If you had a, like Sophie's Choice, which one would you pick?
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're making this so difficult, Brian. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I would just take them. I would take them all. Yeah. I, would, I would take all the jobs. Is, dogs, your, is all the your cat cats.
2: charismatic? Very. What is it
1: actually? Very. He's like? very cute. I was just telling Felix, uh, that, yeah, Felix that my is a, cat is Felix the cat. I'm super adorable. adorable. I'm, I'm glad though that I'm glad that Howard won't. You know. Uh, defend my cat's baby <laughs> potential murderer But I'm also a little bit confused That he's That that's where he draws the line
2: like I, You know, I think a lot of people are like that. I mean, how many people, you know, like in movies, you can watch like a million people get murdered on screen and nobody blinks an eye and then something happens to a dog and like everyone just starts That's crying, true. Yeah, society know? is so, very much yeah, attached to yeah. pets like that. I love what he says. I think it's funny. I mean, it shows a little bit of the humanity inside right. of him. Did uh, he mention
1: that, like, does he have any pets?
2: He says he doesn't like cat people. He did tell me that. Oh,
1: so he wouldn't. No, wow.
2: wow. <laughs>
1: I, I guess I won't call him then.
2: I don't know. Actually, you know, that's a good question. I didn't really follow up about his pets um, you know I would imagine he would I guess he
1: probably does he seems uh, like a cat person
2: I don't he's know like secret
1: that. cat person you wouldn't You wouldn't tell you would think he's maybe. a dog person but right, right. Yeah, he maybe. schemes so much he's like a cat <laughs> he's yeah. that shady he's like a cat I mean uh, in a good way
2: I'll, gi- I'll give you that I don't know well maybe we'll, next time we talk to him we'll find out I'll ask him, I'll I, call him I'll I'm, I'm him. hoping this is not the end for me and Howard Greenberg uh, I feel like there's more stories there with this guy no. at, some, at some point in time
1: But if you did meet him in the future it, mm. I guess what circumstances really would you meet him under That's the, that's true, I mean yeah.
2: hopefully there's a camera involved And not me in a holding cell Right so, yeah. Well there you have it, that was uh, Howard Greenberg
1: If you enjoy this, please watch the video On news.yahoo.com We have new videos coming out every Wednesday
2: And new podcasts coming out Every Friday Uh, So thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next week. You can find the Unfiltered Podcast on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you might get your podcasts.